Hey, Emily. Thanks for meeting me here. I know it's not the kind of place we would normally hang out. Hey, Josh. That's okay. I've been trying to recover from all of our bar hopping. Well, that's what this place is for. It's called the Health Bar. Get it? Oh, cute. What do they have here? Well, it depends. If you're a cyborg, you should take this flashing white ball. If you're on your way to Raccoon City, you might want to add green herbs to a smoothie. Ew, there are hearts on the menu. Well, those are probably good for your health, but it depends. On what? I don't really know. I think I'll just sip from this energy tankard. That seems... less sketchy. Sounds good. I'll eat this med kit. So what do we do while we're eating all this stuff? Well, do you think I'd ask you to come here and hang out if they didn't have an awesome jukebox? Let's play some tunes. Alright. I got a request from XXs from um, the game Rayforce, aka Galactic Attack slash Layer Section slash Gunlock. This track is called Vision. The composer is Tamayo Kawamoto, and it was released in the arcade.
This is from Racket Boy user XXs. KG knows who I am as well as my passion for shmups, he says. KG, I guess that's you, Keycliff. That is. Hi, XXs. XXs says, This music is from Area 3, and it takes place as the player's ship departs space and approaches the Earth. It is a perfect transition piece as ships immediately fly in from the bottom and the action picks up as soon as you arrive. This also features the spider-like mini-boss, which might prove to be a bit of a challenge after the somewhat easier first two areas. I still cannot get past the end boss of this area, but knowing I get to hear this awesome music on every attempt is one of the reasons why I enjoy this game so much. And, per <laughs> and perhaps, one day, I'll finally see Area 4. Don't give up the dream, X-Dexes. You can do it! Good luck, X-Dexes. I don't have the same confidence as uh, Emily has because I've gotten stuck on games, too. But this track is just so good. I totally get it. It feels good. I thought you would like this one. It feels good just uh, hearing it. It's uh, therapeutic, almost. It started out kind of spa-like, actually. Mm -hmm. And then I thought it was going to go hard rock, but it went kind of Japanese twinkly. A little bit of the Tuxedo Boy influence. Yeah. This might... If there was a genre, if this was a genre, it would just be called shmup, basically. I don't think it's anything. Anything else. <clears throat> yeah. yeah so I did want to say... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, nothing. Uh, is Are you finding that spa part of the song to be therapeutic to you personally? I am finding it reason? personally therapeutic, yes. I want to give the disclaimer to the patrons right now that... I am on day three of a difficult migraine right now, so if I sound um, exhausted slash hungover slash slightly robotic, that is why. It uh, I have to kind of concentrate to translate my thoughts into language. I don't know how to explain it other than that. But uh, but yeah, I'll be interested to uh, to listen to this after we record it. So if I slur, if I get confused easily, don't worry everyone, it's only temporary. Just having a slight uh, hardware malfunction, but I'll run a diagnostic on myself later and we'll be good. Um, wow. I, I find that interesting that you find yourself less able to um, put your thoughts into words. I, yeah, I feel that's... like that's something I can't put effort into in a weird way. It's like usually so automatic that I right. wouldn't be able to control it. It's um, it's hard to describe. It's a, it's a form of... Not everybody gets this. Not all migraine sufferers get this, but I do suffer from aphasia of different kinds. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know how to explain how difficult it is. I'll I'll have a concept in my mind, but actually putting it into a sentence can be very difficult. So sometimes I'll just communicate in one word bursts and hope that the person I'm speaking to can interpret properly. Well, I certainly wish I had that as an excuse for every time <laughs> I wasn't able to think of the right word. If the uh, patron doesn't know, 
how bad I am at speaking, it's because I edit out a lot of space in the <laughs> middle of my own sentences. You don't edit out that much, right? A bit. I a think bit? it's my I, don't I, I think it's my main job on this podcast. <laughs> is squeezing my uh, words together. Nah, nah. I think it's pretty accurate to how you speak. I'll be the authority here. What I say goes. Yes, sir. But anyway, so um, back to this track. I was just reading about this game on Wikipedia because I was intrigued by the myriad of titles it went by. Oh yeah, what's up with that? So the Japan arcade title was Rayforce. The European arcade title was Gunlock. The Japan, USA, Europe, Saturn, and Windows ports were called Layer Section, and the USA, Europe, Saturn port was called Galactic Attack. Mm. And uh, I'm well, reading let, the. Oh, go ahead. Uh, let me just ask one question. Uh, would you, if you didn't know anything about this game, which of those titles most intrigues you? Ooh. Okay. Let me think. I would be most likely to play a game called Rayforce, mm. but I would be most intrigued by something called Layer Section, because what does that even mean? I love That's, it. I don't know. I have, I have no idea. That is the cabinet that I would approach to investigate. Mm, yeah. Gunlock. Gunlock just sounds like a bunch of other types of arcade games. I might not walk over to Gunlock. Yeah. Galactic Attack is kind of cool. Nah. But not not Rayforce layer section, definitely. Rayforce sounds like it's a part of another series that I guess it's not. Like Ray Earth or whatever. You know? Or Thunder Force. Sure. Yeah. Rayman. Right, yeah. I was just thinking about Rayman. Life Force. Force of nature ray of light light of nature where in the world is Carmen San Diego <laughs> anyways where did that one come from I oh never mind I'm always down with Carmen San Diego references oh what were you going to say about the uh, the title though um, I don't remember. Oh. I don't remember if I was saying anything about the title. That's okay. Yeah. My recall also goes out the window, so um, I may not really remember what I was just talking about. Again, will be an interesting experience on okay. the playback. Sure. Okay. Moving on. We are going to hear from the Amiga... We got a lot of interesting tracks lined up for this episode, I have to say. This is from the game Alien Target. The composer is Bartek. Um Rub Alright, hold on. I need your help on this one. I could say this under normal circumstances, but right now it's not parsing. Robleski? Robluski? Robluski? Yeah. Okay. Bartek Robluski. This comes to us from Michel Fife, soccer. And we're going to be listening to the intro track.
Michelle Fife says, The intro to Alien Target is driven by one of my favorite things in the world, the warm synth sound. You'll find this specific sound mostly in health spas, acupuncturist offices, and late 80s dance songs. Also in the last minute of Outcast prototype full version. What stood out to me in this intro is the pitch shift or octave change about a minute and a half into it, giving it a sense of dread. It's a great balance, the perfect soundtrack to mowing down aliens, especially when the song turns into Enigma's sadness by way of the Fallen Brothers. I'm largely unfamiliar with Amiga games, but I'm glad I discovered this Bartek Robluski written gem. New favorite song. Nice job uh, with the name there, Emily. Robluski. Oh, thank you. Robluski. I just, I just jumped into the pool on that one you know what i did remember um what you were trying to talk you were trying to tell us something about the research you did on ray force oh I yeah 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 no i was just reading the the plot and i was struck with this feeling that we had played a song from the game before but i think that this is just a plot that is done in a lot of games and that i'm conflating too it wasn't oh. an interesting thought oh do you think it's similar to the plot from Alien Target? Um, I don't know. I didn't look up the 
the plot of Alien Target, although I can make some guesses as to what Alien Target is all about. Targeting the... aliens. <laughs> yeah, gun locking them. Right, exactly. So let me say this about this track. Mm -hmm. I love the way this track sounds, and I kind of feel like right now, if I needed to step into a regeneration pod to heal, mm. this is what my dreams would sound like. Mm. This is what robots hear while they're recharging their batteries. Or Borgs here while they're regenerating in their alcoves. Uh, there's human uh, re-energizing tanks, too. There's oh, yeah? Yeah. There's one in uh, Star Wars when Luke Skywalker, um, he has to go in the Bacta. It's called a Bacta tank. And it's like a big tube of water to ah. chill out in. Oh, is, that, is this what it sounds like in there, do you think? I think so, yeah. They also yeah. have it in Dragon Ball um, and in uh, Mother 3. They have this thing called an instant rejuvena rejuvenation device or something like that. Huh. It's just a pod that you step into? Yeah, apparently you and everybody can go inside of it and get all your energy and <laughs> HP and MP back. The oh, whole and party fits. Yeah, there's actually, it's funny, there's a couple ways you can get all your energy in um, Mother 3. One of them is these uh, instant rejuvenation, uh, whatever, pods or rooms. Mm -hmm. And then another one is um, going into a hot tub or like a huh. natural spring. That's, now that, both of these tropes are common to me. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the... Uh, the hot springs one. Mm -hmm. I feel like I encounter that one more often. The but that. Go ahead. The hot springs one um, has a song that plays. So as soon as you set into the hot spring, there's like this little. It's actually like it should be on our spa episode technically because yeah, yeah. it's a song about rejuvenating in a spa or whatever. Um. It's a little country sounding though. Huh, that's interesting. <sighs> yeah. I what recommend uh, anybody play Mother 3. And in fact, uh, towards the end of this episode, we may be talking more about how you may be the next person to play Mother 3. You, dear patron. Sorry, I'm like cutting you off all this episode, and now your no, cat's walking in front of you. <laughs> My cat is walking on the desk right in front of the camera. No, you're not cutting me off. Don't worry about it. There's a delay with the technology. There's a delay with my internal technology. So it's all, technology. it's all good. Yeah, I'm just I'm deciding that I'm a cyborg for this episode, so... Yeah, well, you are a technology. Um, you're the result of experimental breeding over the past uh, two billion years or something like that. I think life is two billion years old, right, on Earth? You know what um, made me sad? I was wondering if I was going to have kids, and mm -hmm. um, sometimes 
we talk like we're not going to, my wife and I, and it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. But if I don't, that means I'll be the first person in a line of two billion years of successful reproducers mm. to not reproduce. You mean of your particular line? Yeah, my particular line. What about your brothers? I'm older than them, so I'd still be the first, I guess. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're getting at. Okay, I was gonna say, well, if they have kids, then. Oh no, one of them does have a kid already, but that's not my line. Well, it's your family line. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. You're of equivalent. Uh, you're on an equivalent layer. What's the word I'm looking for? Platform. No, I think it's layer section. Okay. Is the word you're looking for. I'm sorry, I'm so distracted by my cat here. So, is it too personal to ask if you think you're going to have kids? Uh, or no, do you want kids? But I wish I had any kind of answer for that. It just made me sad to think about the fact that I would be ending a storied tradition of having kids um, that led to me, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your cat looks awesome right now. <laughs> oh, can you screen cap this, please? Uh, oh, it's oh. gone. Yeah, She's she'll gone. come back. She'll come back. All right. Shall we move on? Sure. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to punctuate that very personal, deep conversation with ridiculous no, it, laughter. It wasn't personal or deep. I was only bringing it up because... Um, I was thinking of something you said last time, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. This next okay. song is from Nathan99. Is that relation to our other Nathans? No. This is the Nathan who recommended the RuneScape MIDI track to us a while ago. Awesome. We Welcome have a bunch back, of Nathans. Nathan I have dubbed him Nathan99. He goes by a different name uh, on the internet, typically. Oh. But oh, okay. I decided to, I made the executive decision to go with Nathan99 because I like the way it sounded. Alrighty. Not well, necessarily more than his tagline, but I don't know. I seem to give people names on this show. Okay. This song is called Blood Dragon Theme. It's from Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon. The composer is a band called Power Glove. Yeah. It it was released on Windows, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360.
Nathan99 asks, What if we lived in a video game universe where 80s action films were still a fad? Hashtag sideways nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, he submitted this one on Twitter. Well, in fact, it would probably sound a lot like this. It this would. Reminds me of a, a movie that came out on Netflix called Kung Fury. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. It's from, uh, I think, last year. But anyways, it is kind of based on uh, a lot of those old 80s action movie tropes. Mm-hmm. Which I do find to be enjoyable. Um, while we were talking, my phone went off, and Emily noted it was a gimmick sound effect, which uh, I put onto my phone. I'm very proud of this. You want to hear it again? I just heard it. I'm hearing it again. Let's listen to it again. Just in case we missed it. One more time. So there can be no doubt. Oh, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? It's pretty beautiful. I'm digging this track so much. I love these um, these drums that sound like a cross between drums in a very echoey cave and thunderclaps. Mm. I have a, a tape called Grand Eagle, which I now know is a new age tape, but when I bought it as a kid, I had no idea what that was. To me, it was just a tape that I found in a nature store. If anybody mm-hmm. knows what I'm talking about, you go into nature stores that have those t-shirts with animals on them and they have a certain smell and they have the that machine interface with the grid and you can kind of listen to a few seconds of every track that's on a CD. Um, I think that's how I wound up with this tape. But anyway, so many of the sound sets in this song sound like what's on that tape, although the tape is not as dramatic as this. But those drums... Mm, yeah, very echoey drums. I'm having a very strange sensation like I've listened to this track before. But I don't think that's possible. And I was having that sensation with the plot of the previous game we were talking about. Well, that's like audio deja vu. Alien target. I think maybe I'm just in a state of mind right now where I feel like I've already experienced all of this. Which, uh, Very strange feeling. I think somebody was writing about that on the uh, blog when we were talking about nostalgia and like feeling like when you die, you're losing this archive of all your feelings for other people or something like that. And, oh, yeah. And then somebody wrote on the blog, well, time is actually a human construct. So even after you die, your life still existed from a different perspective, or still right, exists right. from yeah. a different perspective. I don't remember who wrote that, but... Um, I think that was Kenny. Sure, you, Kenny. Cool. I can check. Pretty sure. Yeah, a lot of interesting discussion that came out of all of that. And then also, of course, the epic post from Spritz about where he laid out every single possible type of nostalgia. Yeah, or t- possible type of feeling that you would have for something that you don't yeah or something that was awesome yeah or just feeling of want of for a time or something like that 
yeah. If you want to see a catalog of all the feelings, check out Spritz's uh, post. How do you like this idea? Speaking of Mother 3, mm. as I was before, the way you save your game is you talk to a little frog. Sure. And, the, and then the frog is like somehow psychically linked to other frogs and they can all, wherever they are, they can conjure you at that location. Like through their memories or something. Um, Isn't that weird? Yeah, I'm trying to process that. So are you saying that you can load at any of the frogs? Yeah. Ah. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not accurate. I'm sorry. No, no. You can only load at the last frog you talked to. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So maybe their consciousness isn't linked. But I think it, it feels like it does. It is because they all have the same exact personality or something like that. Right. And the ability to conjure you. Yeah. Huh. So there's no in-game explanation like the frogs are... Are, um... I think there is. Like, he briefly says, um, do you want me to remember... I can remember your game for you or something like that it's just weird that they put the concept of a load state into the concept of a frog of a frog's brain or something yeah that's interesting it's almost like I don't know if I can put it into words <laughs> I have an idea and I can't express it I apologize no that's cool um, That's um. It's reminding me a little bit of um, the Portal games. In the in the Portal games, your character die. They explain every in-game thing in Portal somehow, and the way they explain your repeated deaths and repeated reattempts is that your brain, I guess, or your the thing that is you. You are on file basically in this laboratory. And when you die, you are just recreated again to make another attempt. Mm. So it's sort of somehow these these two oh, concepts, right, right. Uh, the frog and and that, are related in my mind. I was sorry, I was totally distracted. I was just thinking about whether or not a frog has enough a big enough brain to actually um, have the entire Mother Three game programmed <laughs> into it. Do you think it would? Well, I'm wondering if somehow this is like some big allegory, like is this game just of memory that is being relived? It's not actually happening? I think we might be yes, thinking about it too hard. What? Technically, if, it, if a cartridge is memory, then yes. Whoa. I guess that's my... <laughs> That's my that question. That's my brain exploding. Like, do you think a dragonfly's brain has enough memory to have, uh, like, burger time programmed onto it or something? Hmm. I don't know. That's a very interesting question. Like, I think the human brain 
is could probably you could program a PS4 game or something onto it, like all the 3D rendering and everything. Right. But like, what about a lizard's brain? Is that like Super Mario we Brothers? Gonna, we're gonna start reclassifying the Animal Kingdom by what what level of video game games they can store. Like these are the 8-bit animals. These are the 16-bit animals. Yeah. These are the 64-bit animals. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's a pretty interesting concept. All right. Oh, this is me. It's my turn. Sorry. Behind the eight ball. Okay, we're moving on. Super Nintendo. The Submerged City is the track name. Super Castlevania 4 is the game title. The composers are Masanori Adachi and what? Taro Kudo. Yeah, this may be someone that you're related to. And this was recommended to us by Philly Chase. Philly Chase. <laughs> Let's try that again. Philly Cheesesteak, also known as Al. I guess we can also call him Al. Call him Al.
Steak says, Castlevania IV has instantly memorable songs that have stuck with me. Rented this on a Friday from Blockbuster and was determined to beat it before Sunday night. I did, and what really helped me power through it was the anticipation of what the next song would be like. Well, that and what kind of weird Mode 7 trick would they utilize for the next background. Picked this tune because it's just so darn weird. Doesn't even really fit in to what's going on in the game during this level, but it's so much fun to watch someone play this game for the first time and see the look on their face when the jazz flute solo kicks in. Hope you found it interesting. Love the show. Thanks, Philly Cheesesteak. This yeah. is actually a familiar track to us mm -hmm. because this was featured on the jazz episode of the Legacy Music Hour way, way, way back when. And I do love this track, actually. I was very excited to see this recommended. Yep, the jazz episode, um, I listened to probably at least, I mean, the uh, not the episode, but the mixtape, I listened to at least probably 30 times. Yeah, I love that one. That is a really good one. It's good background music, you know, for whatever you're doing. And this one's a little bit kind of uh, out there, and maybe the one that kind of reaches towards a listener and tries to uh, kick them out of their whatever, blasé state of normalcy. Mm. But uh, but I like it. It's good. It reminds me of Dave Brubeck or something. It's a smart track. Two, three, one, mm. two. Yeah, is it like changing time signatures 4-4 four, four to 3-4 or something like that? Right now it's just right now what I'm listening to is just in 3-4, uh, but then it does change. Oh, okay. Um or I guess maybe 6-8. It does some interesting weird stuff. That upright bass sample though. I love that. It's so good. My dream by the way, is that someone will take that jazz mixtape and play it in their coffee shop. Oh. I really hope that that happens. <laughs> we should open a coffee shop just to do that. Yeah, we should. People will hate it. <laughs> they will love it, though. We're the yeah. ones who have to work there. Um, so going back to this idea of the human brain as an archive mm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think I kind of wasn't really listening to you that well when you were talking about why you didn't want to die, but re-listening to what you were saying, it was actually very sweet. You were, I thought it was just like you really didn't want your consciousness to end, which is what I think a lot of people feel, but you were actually saying that your consciousness is the archive of other people, and you didn't want that archive to end. Right. Uh, well, as, I mean both. I would like my consciousness to continue. Well, let's just but, focus on the uh, generous side the, for a second. Well, yeah, right? Because individual people don't love themselves in the same way as other people who love them love them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would want my perspective to continue so that I could tell people, hey, this person was excellent because let me give you all these stories. Let me explain how wonderful they were. And I guess the, you know, the practical response to that is we'll write it down, write mm -hmm. a book or create some kind of piece of art that continues. But um, somehow I just feel like that's not the same as what I, what I am envisioning. Well, I'll, maybe um, one of the reasons that, um, you don't want to die is because you're so generous and you realize that when you die that's when we have to 
put effort into keeping the archive, the memory of you alive. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you can't give back to us anymore. And us, you, you I mean, mean the archive of else me that alive. is the archive of you? Yeah, no, the archive of me that I possess, uh, the archive of you that I possess in my brain will still exist. Um, but you won't be able to contribute to it anymore and you won't be able to give back by remembering me or whoever. I'm assuming you're dying first. <laughs> That's Which right. Important well, we part already had that discussion like example. a month ago. Um, where you promised you would sing a VGM karaoke eulogy for me. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, 3 a.m. conversations, everybody. Your taste in music cannot change over the next 40 years, first of all, or 50 years, hopefully. <laughs> Even 60, hey. Um, 70. Uh, yeah, you know, technology might be better then. Yeah. Um, but my vocal cords are going to suck then. Nah. We'll see. Nah, it'll be good. All right. Well, anyways, um, but, you know, um, I think actually you'll, you will still be alive after you die as a construct that other people uphold. Well, that a, living, that archive, I guess, and other people. Yeah. Which is the whole, that whole thing we're talking about. Like, uh, but that's, I mean, but I'm not so concerned with that. I'm okay. I'm okay with Keyglyph fading away into that good night, but I don't like the idea of other people, like my concepts of other people fading away. That's what bothers me. Yeah, that's gonna, yeah. That will be a part of the archive that we lose, but we won't lose Keyglyph. Just like um, David Bowie. If David Bowie appears in your dreams, or Prince appears in your dreams, All right. it's actually as real as they ever were, in a way, because it's everything you know about them being reconstructed. Right, right. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm down with that idea. That's kind of like, here's what I really wish could happen. I really just wish that sort of in a, a giver ask the giver, the book, or mm. an Asari-esque, from Mass Effect kind of way that human beings could actually, or um, Vulcan-esque way, if we could actually link minds and share memories directly and therefore pass them on that way, that's what I wish we could do. That mm -hmm. I could actually, you know, pass my memories and feelings for people into you and then they would continue in you just as they did in me. And then my part, my piece in the whole equation wouldn't matter anymore. Does that make any sense? Um, yes. <laughs> Keyglyph is drunk, go home. Well, here's the problem with that. I have one thing to say about that, which um, it's just that if everybody's memories got preserved or whatever, mm. in the way that you want your own memories to be preserved, yeah, it would be nice that they would be preserved, but they would be in some corner of this collective archive of human experiences just collecting dust. Mm. Or the boundaries between people would break down because what is you and what isn't anymore if you're just sharing it all. I do hope that, um, you know, the entire internet and all this computing power gets to stay forever, but supposedly it's 
it's limited. Like, I, I would like to be able to do digital anthropology in the future,、mm-hmm. and like look up your old GeoCities account and try to figure out what humans were doing in 1995 or whatever. What you know? were they thinking with this red text on this black, starry <laughs> background? <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. And then yeah, but you know those GeoCities accounts are either gone or just no one's going to look at them. Right, I think our archive dot org、um, has preserved a lot of that stuff with their Wayback Machine.、Mm. Is this news to you? No, I, I know about that, but I just don't know how much of it was preserved. Not all of it was preserved, and the, the thing is, you can't. There will never be enough time to go over and give enough credit to all that old information. Right, right, right. Yeah,、Because、as a librarian, these are the things that I'm concerned with every day, particularly、mm. on the digital side. There are a lot of、um, questions that can't really be answered the way we would like them to be. We could、uh, discuss this more, but I think we've been on this one track for a while. All right. Should we should we continue on the next one? All right, all right. I'll move on. Jeez. <laughs> I'm being the shepherd this time. I'm in control. <laughs> this next track is from Xenogears. It's called "Dazzle: City of Burning Sands." The composer is Yasunori Mitsuda. It was for the PlayStation, and it was recommended by Shoryu Kenny.
Sure you, Kenny writes. Have I suggested this before? I've definitely thought about suggesting it before. As this was on PlayStation, it was maybe the first time I heard vocals in a video game track that wasn't super bleary or hard to understand. It's all a great soundtrack, but this might be the VGM song I've listened to the most, actually. Love the vocals. Thank yeah, you for these the vocals. Ah, oh, so good. Oh, it's interesting. Is it like tribal Japanese people, like the Mothra fan club or something? I don't know. Definitely sounds um, like a desert. Middle Eastern. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, this is not the first time we've heard from Xenogears. This music really has stuck out to a lot of people as a work of staggering genius. Mm -hmm. And, man, it is so good. I keep thinking that I, you know, I know about this game. I've mentioned mm -hmm. that I know about it and that I've kind of wanted to, I thought I've wanted to play it, but the more I hear about it and the more music I hear from it, it just um, becomes more and more of a priority in my mind. This is just so good. I, I like love it. how those vocals manage to sound sort of familiar, but also completely foreign at the same time. Hmm. Uh, like, like, I would not be able to peg a language. It doesn't sound like any language I've ever heard. Oh, okay. I need to listen closer to it, I think. You know what, though? Uh, to go back with something you were talking about earlier, this idea of being able to impress your archive onto other people... Uh, yeah. What if that really does become a possibility in the future? And um, it's something that people like doing. Maybe you can do it faster, you know, uh, than reading or something like that. Yeah. And maybe it becomes like a drug or like a... An addiction? Yeah, like you'd be addicted to obtaining other people's mental states or something like that. I have had I... this discussion with oh, a really? friend, actually. Yes, and the discussion was, if mind-melding were actually possible, would it become seen as a form of promiscuity, basically? Oh. Uh... And uh, because I think most people would want to keep up some kind of uh, border between them and someone else. Mm -hmm. But I think um, if mind-melding were possible, I, yes, I would probably spiral into mind-melding addiction because... <laughs> that is actually what if I could achieve one thing in life it would be perfect understanding of other people and the only way to do that is to become someone else so I would become obsessed with this hmm. yeah I actually had this converse a similar conversation with like my first girlfriend ever like oh, back yeah? in junior high school and I was just like yeah you know people are so into themselves that I think if you could just like see the world through somebody else's eyes just for like like a minute you know it would uh, it would change everything first of all I really like the accent that you put on for junior high school you <laughs> I thought that was very funny <laughs> yeah. but well, also no. you were right Thanks. you were right if mind melding functioned because right it, okay so when people communicate telepathically in media, like movies and comic books and stuff, it can be depicted in one of two ways commonly. 
One way is that you go into the memories of another person, but you're actually walking around in them and seeing them from a, a third-person perspective. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking of the first X-Men movie, let's say, and Xavier goes into people's memories and he's there and watching what occurred. But the other way is to actually see it through the other person's eyes and kind of become temporarily linked to all of their experiences and all of their memories. Um, so that if you can draw from those things, then you understand why they made the decisions that they made or why they're motivated in certain ways. Uh, and um, I That's great, but I think, I think my idea was that if you ever did that as the person to meld your mind with that other person, when you came back into yourself, you would no longer be interested in trying to arrest that person right. or continue on your own path in any way, you know? You're yeah, right. yeah. It would change you. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Well, that's Ma like, um, so, uh, hmm. I may want to cut this out of the conversation, but in the book Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card, Ender talks about this, that he, right before he's able to defeat an enemy, he comes to perfect understanding of them and he loves them, but then he has to destroy them. And it's that same kind of concept that he had to become so close to them to find their weakness that now he doesn't even want to necessarily carry through with what he has to do. Oh. So I think that's related to what you're saying. Yeah. I didn't know all of my ideas were old. <laughs> it's a great... If you haven't read Ender's Game, it's one of my favorite books. Um, I separate... I'm just going to say that I separate the work from the author. But um, it's, I think that the book stands alone as a great piece of work. All right. I'm just zoning out to this track now. Me too, actually. Those little, that chanting was cool. I've always gotten really excited by tracks like this that have that very certain kind of Middle Eastern drum in it. You know what I'm talking about? The kind of bongo type sound and the sitar. That happened in a couple of Mario games and I just always thought that that was so cool. And I think that I was exposed to these instruments through video game music before I was exposed to them in life. And this one sounds really good. Like, you can actually hear the dry hide. The finger. Yeah, you can. Touching the dry hide. Yeah. Love this song. I agree. Sure you, Kenny. Love. There's so many O's in that love that he typed. Yeah. Oh, that love. was what I was doing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely playing this game soon. Definitely playing it soon. Okay, our final track. Last one. Last call. Oh, no. Comes from Greg G. This is from Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island for the Super Nintendo. The composer is, of course, Koji Kondo, and the track is Above Ground. Thank you. 
Greg G says, Emily and Josh, this morning I was looking for a good SNES game to play and decided to put in Yoshi's Island, one of my favorites from when I was a kid. I hadn't forgotten how good the music was, but playing the game while listening to the great soundtrack really took me back to when I first played this game. The animation style and gameplay style was so unique for its time that I remember being thrown off by it. I was expecting Super Mario World. What was this game? Mario is a baby? You are throwing eggs? It seemed so childish at first, but once I started playing, it was so addicting. Everything about it was so joyful. There are a number of standout tracks from this game, but the above ground song is my favorite. It has a nice melody and is just so relentlessly happy. The first stage it appears in is the touch fuzzy get dizzy level, where you touch the puffballs and get drunk, which was so funny the first time I played it and still is. I can't help but listen to this whole soundtrack when I need a pick-me-up. So I just want to say, (laughs) I just want to say how funny it is that this episode was so dramatic all the way through and we're ending on this track. (laughs) Yeah. Relentlessly happy indeed. I think we got a good mix today. Yeah, I do too. But I like that this is, I like that this is the note that we're ending on. Oh yeah. I like how secret, like the last track, if it's goofy or like a secret track on a CD in the 90s used to be really goofy. Yeah, it's true. Super Mario World 2 colon Yoshi's Island. I do think the name is a little blasphemous. I don't think it's really Super Mario World 2. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But it's a good game. I gotta play it more. Um, but it's, yeah, I don't know, whatever. So I was reading an article about like the history of uh, Super Mario Brothers on, I think, 1UP or something. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of like, when they got to this game, everybody had to make a little argument for why it should be a part of the uh, canon uh, of Mario games or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's so different. You're like shooting a lot of eggs, you know? Uh, right. And the yeah, you're Yoshi, right? Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, that I is played true. this you're game right. for maybe ten minutes at a friend's house once, so I am not familiar with it um, enough to make any kind of informed statements. However, I have played the game Yoshi's Story for the N64 to death because that game is so much fun. And I think it has the same kind of mechanics where you um, eat enemies and kind of lay eggs and then you aim them and throw them to trigger things to happen and so on and so forth, right? I mean, could you just call it Super Yoshi World? I mean, yeah, you could. Yeah, that's interesting because the Mario games did do that, right? I mean, Super Mario Land 2 or 3 for the Game Boy was Wario Land, but it's called... Super Mario Brother, Super Mario Land 3, Wario oh, Land. Wario. Oh, okay. It should yeah. just be Wario Land because that's what the game is. It has really nothing to do with Super Mario Land. Hmm. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm on the same boat. We're riding on the same Yoshi right now. Speaking of uh, 
things being named in a weird sequence. They got Mother, Earthbound, and then Mother 3, or whatever. Why do right. you think the game's even called Mother? Oh, I know why it's called Mother. Oh. Why? Should I, should I explain this? Um... I, are you worried that it's spoilery? It might be a little spoilery. I'll say this. Okay. It, the title was picked number one because the creator of the game thought it sounded like a very not video game title, oh, which they thought was accurate. very interesting. And two, it's inspired by, um, I want to say the John Lennon song, Mother. What? Yeah. Wow. So those lyrics are somewhat evocative of, I guess, the crux of the game. Well, I do know, like, when I play those games, I definitely feel like it's tapping into my psyche or it's, like, interested in, um, you know, some of our latent anxieties or whatever. Like, this guy definitely studied F Freud. Right. Itoi. And uh, maybe even Lacan or something. And he's trying to present these ideas in a, in a video game. I... I loved Mother 3. It was like reading a book, kind of. Um, but I don't know what to say about that. But he is trying to give you an experience that um, is unique. Right. And uh, anyways, but I'm done playing the game now. I was going to say, speaking of Mother 3, if I yeah. could be the segue, the segue person yeah. for this episode. I was the shepherd and now I'm, the, I'm becoming you. Somehow we've mind melded, and I've been influenced by you, and I'm now being you in certain ways. Hey, lucky you. I know, right? <laughs> so speaking of Mother 3, that's your cue. Oh, um, <laughs> no, I'm d well, I was, I was into it already. I was just saying, I beat the game. I've got this cartridge that I don't think I'm going to fire up again and uh, has kind of whatever, you know? It's It was fun and it was good. I'm gonna think about it, maybe even write about it a little bit someday. But I think it would be more valuable in the hands of uh, somebody new. Yeah, to pass it along. I wanna pass this game along. I was thinking, well, could I give it to one of the patrons somehow? Or could we turn this into a giveaway? I know it's small. It's a small thing. But it's a small thing for me to put it in the mail, too. Right. <laughs> no, I see. I really like that idea because we've talked about... We had a conversation on a previous episode about whether or not we like getting cartridges that still have remnants of previous players with them, mm. like their names and Sharpie or rental stickers from rental places. And I personally really like that. So I think that, you know, there might be people out there who listen to the podcast who might find it really cool that they got, you know, Sentimental and Sam Gabriel's copy of Mother 3. <laughs> sure. Or just a copy of the game. Because, or just a copy of the game. Yeah, because they want to play it. It works on Game Boy Advance. It works on DS. Maybe... It's in English. Probably most of our listeners want this uh, cart. And it's in English, yeah. So, how should we do this uh, giveaway? I don't know. I mean, my thought was maybe if we... Because we've been having this campaign to get more plus ones to the bar. Mm -hmm. I was thinking it might be cool if 
you know, if if you're a patron and you bring a plus one that you and your plus one then get added to the raffle list. Like, that's your ticket. What but if that's, the, that's yeah. just my idea. What if the plus one doesn't even want want it? Well, then, if a patron really wants it, they should get a plus one so that if their plus one wins, then they get it. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? Because a good friend would be like, here, you can take it. But then how would you know if somebody was just... Um, a plus one under natural causes or if they were actually entering the raffle by natural causes I mean uh, you know they just were gonna do it anyways so whatever. you're saying you want to differentiate between plus ones who don't care for the cartridge and plus ones who do there might be a group of people who don't care about the cartridge I suppose but we could always give it to the next person down the line. Yeah, we could just have the raffle and we contact the person who wins. And if they're like, yeah, no, then <laughs> okay, then we draw another random name and go from there. All right. Does that work? Can I add one one more group of people that I want to add to this raffle list? And yes. this might even be a way to double up your chances. Yes. If you do a review on the iTunes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And we can make it so that everybody who's already on the iTunes still gets to stay there. Or still gets to... They um, already have a ticket. They already have a ticket in. Yeah, I like that idea. That's a good call. So it's not unfair to those who already were in. And right. then we'll just... Anybody else who comments, or I mean reviews, it can't just be a rating because unfortunately I'll never know who you are. Right. There's no way to differentiate the ratings. But if you write a review on the iTunes store, then you'll be added to the raffle. And this is winnable, I think. I don't think your chances are that high, a low of uh, winning this raffle. Right, right. So, okay, patrons. So here's what you'll do. If you want to be in this raffle, when you make a suggestion as a plus one, just include in the description somewhere that you are a plus one from somebody else and name that person if you can. Um, for those who have already been plus ones, you can send us an email so that we can grandfather you guys in too. That's actually a good segue into the end of the show, right? Oh, yeah. So hold that thought on the email. First, we want to thank everybody for coming to the bar with us as usual, especially those who provided the tracks for us today. And those people were XX's, Michelle Fife Soccer, Nathan99, Philly Cheesesteak, sure you, Kenny, and Greg G. And to everyone else who's written in and submitted suggestions, keep them coming. Click the Suggest a Track button on the right-hand side of the VGMJukebox.com, fill out the survey, and send your recommendation our way. You can follow us on Twitter at VGMJB, and if you want to follow us individually, you can do that too. Um, Josh is at Josh Adachi again, and I am at Keyglyph. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any podcatcher, and please remember to rate and review at the iTunes store. Reviews specifically get you entered in to the raffle. And then you can join the conversation on Facebook if you so choose, facebook.com slash the VGM Jukebox. 
We do have this bulletin board here in the bar. Um, if you have any video game related or music related projects, feel free to send us an email and we can make up a flyer for you. And our email, I don't think we mentioned our email, the VGM jukebox at gmail.com. So again, if you were already a plus one or you are someone who brought a plus one to the bar, um, you can send us an email and let us know so that we don't miss you as we compile the list of entrants mm. to the Mother 3 raffle. Do you get multiple entries for the more people you bring in? No. I don't, I don't I know. I think I we have to say I no on that. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Because nah. I think that'll get a little bit too complicated, and what if yeah. we miss people? And, and what yeah. if somebody out there really, really wants Mother 3 and they just make 20 dummy accounts? You know, yeah, and they're not actual people. No, no, yeah. our patrons are above that sort of thing. I know you guys would never do that. Nope. Nope. But yeah, but we wouldn't be able to exclude somebody who would. Right. Yeah. It's the honor system here. So. I mean, somebody could just say they are uh, Nathan ninety nine. Right. Yeah. So don't let that happen to you, Nathan 99. <laughs> Keep your identity <laughs> um, safe. By... Yeah, by... I don't even know. By hoping and crossing your fingers. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Are we going back to the dungeon next week, or are we sticking around in the overworld? Well, we're going back to the dungeon because we still have some financial issues to sort out. Okay. For those patrons who perhaps did not creep on us in the dungeon yet, um, we have quite the utility bill to deal with. Okay. So we're considering, you know, not, uh, as much as it breaks our hearts, not hanging out in the dungeon going forward quite so much because of the bill we have um, racked up. But we still have to figure out what to do with this bill, so... Okay. We'll, we'll address that next week. Wonderful. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoopee. I can't wait to pay this bill. <laughs> All right. Um, Adult well, problems. Yep. So that's next week. Uh, stay, that's the finale at the dungeon. And yeah. join us in two weeks as we um, meet back up at the bar or in the overworld or something. Anyways, mm -hmm. just meet us here in two weeks. And we will, I guess, be consolidating our recommendations and randomized recommendations with your recommendations. Right, right. That's the plan. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll be like one big happy family. Yeah. Um, until then, keep those archives running. And, right. Um, keep eating those health bars. Yep. Keep recharging in your Borg alcoves. Yeah. <laughs> you have to keep eating in order to keep memories of others alive. Like consuming memories? Yeah. You have or to just eat. powering them with you food. Just, yeah, you power your memories of others with food. Like, oh, Josh, I'm starting to forget who you are. I gotta eat some fries. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go do that now. I'm gonna go make some fries so that I don't forget who you are. Sounds good. All right. I'm going to eat another med kit. <laughs> All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.